0: Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Last Sunday morning on the, uh, uh, for the Houston Chronicle, they um, published the first of a series of three articles Uh, exposing uh, the fact that in Southern Baptist churches there has been a problem with uh, sexual abuse. That um, uh, some big churches, well-known churches, and even one that had a a former president of the convention had employed someone who was untrustworthy and had abused his position, and then they didn't report it to another church, and they hired him, and he continued the progress. And, And so this expose that had come out in the news uh, is exposing something that brings shame. It brings shame to those who are involved, and if we're uh, together with them, a Southern Baptist church, it, it kind of, it brings some shame that we might feel that, that, that a part of our own denomination has something going on in it like that. And uh, that I bring that up because of what Jesus here is saying that the Holy Spirit does. He says that the the Spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And that word convict has the idea of exposing something with the weight of feeling the shame involved. Um, So let's look at what Jesus says here uh, about the Holy Spirit. And, And the main point of this whole sermon, the whole passage that we're looking at, is that the Holy Spirit, when Jesus goes away, as he's telling his disciples, when Jesus goes away, the Holy Spirit will continue to do the things that Jesus was doing while he was here on earth. And one of those things was to convict people of their sin and to expose it. Let's look at what Jesus says, beginning in the second half of verse 4, in, verse, in chapter 16. "'I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent you, who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going?' But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you all things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your Holy Spirit. Lord, you did not leave us as orphans. Lord, You did not leave us alone in this world, but You are very much present with us even now. Lord, You promised in a context um, concerning discipline, You promised that whenever there were two or three gathered in Your name, You were there in the midst of it. And I think by by extension, from even the context of discipline, when we gather together to worship you, you are present with us. Lord, you are present with us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, you are convicting us. Lord, you are teaching us. And Lord, we pray, Lord, as we confess that you are here, Lord, we pray that you would speak to us tonight. You would open our eyes and ears. And Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to hear you with the ears of the the Spirit. Father, be with me, a sinner. Help me, give me grace as I preach your word. Strengthen me. I am weak, but you are strong. In Jesus' name, amen. As we've been looking at these discourses that Jesus is giving from the time of uh, whatever, He met with the disciples and He was uh, washing their feet up in the upper room and they had the, the Lord's Supper and then Judas went out. He's been giving this address preparing His disciples for when He goes away. So He's he's been talking in, through several passages that we've been looking at, how, how he is getting ready to go away, but he's sending another helper, another comforter, another one who will do the same things that he is doing. And he's continuing on this, uh, this same pattern. He's telling us that the Holy Spirit will come and he will do the things that Jesus was doing whenever he was here present. We look at verse one and it says, I did not say those things, these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me and none of you asked me, where are you going? Now, first of all, Jesus says, I didn't say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. He's noting that there is a change that's taking place. He had been with His disciples all along, and He had said what was important for them to know at the time. And now a change is taking place. He's approaching the cross. This is His last week before the crucifixion, and He's about to go away. He's no longer going to be with His disciples. And so because this change is taking place, He needs to prepare His disciples for what will come whenever He goes away. And in that sense, he's also preparing us. You know, as Christians, we believe that Jesus uh, is ruler over his church, that, that he, is, he is very present with his, us, that we have a relationship with Jesus. But how does that look? We we can't sit down and and have a conversation with Jesus and be able to see Him and, and feel Him and touch Him the same way His early disciples did. But we have that relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit that He sent. The Holy Spirit listens to us when we pray. The Holy Spirit is there for us in very much the same way that he was, that, that Jesus was with his disciples physically. But then he says, But now I'm going away to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, Where are you going? Now, this might cause a little bit of a question. Because we, if you, we look back at the previous chapters, we had Thomas and another disciple both asking, Well, you keep talking about where you're going, where are you going? But here Jesus says, none of you ask me where I'm going. It seems like a kind of a contradiction. Because we, we read and we hear these questions from the disciples asking, where are you going? And then Jesus says, none of you asked me where are you going? That has baffled many people. Um, I think the best explanation that I read was the idea that when, when, those, when Thomas and the other one who was asking the question about where he was going, it, he wasn't so much concerned about the location where Jesus was going, but that he was going away at all. It's like um, when uh, a father, a, a little boy asked a, fa- a, uh, a son, or asked his father to take him fishing or something like that. And... The father says, I, I can't, I have to go over here. And the son asks, where are you going, daddy? It's not so much that the son is concerned about where physically the father is going, but, but that he's leaving it all. In the same way, maybe when, when Thomas and the other disciple were asking, where are you going? They were not so much concerned about the physical location of where Jesus was going, but they were concerned about that he was going away at all. That that may be one way of resolving the tension that's there. You can decide whether or not it's satisfying to you or not. But Jesus says, But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Because Jesus has said that he's going away, the disciples are saddened. They they love having Jesus with them, physically, present, with them. It gives them confidence to know that Jesus is with them. But then Jesus follows this up. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send Him to you. Jesus is telling the disciples, it's good that I go away. It's good because I'm going to send another comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to come and be with you. I'm not going to be here physically present with you any longer, but the Holy Spirit is coming. And Jesus says, and when He comes, this is what He's going to do. He's going to first convict the world concerning sin and then righteousness and judgment now I said this passage is talking about the, the Holy Spirit's going to continue to do the same things that Jesus did whenever he was here physically present with us. Jesus did these very things. Jesus convicted the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Think about it when Jesus confronted the Pharisees. When Jesus confronted those who were opposing Him, He convicted of sin. Whenever He was was teaching. We think of of the Sermon on the Mount. And when, when Jesus taught, you know, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman with lust in his heart has committed adultery already in his heart. And Jesus Pulls back and exposes what's inside the heart of man, what's inside our hearts. He convicts and he exposes that, leaving us bare and open and exposed. He also convict, convicted of righteousness. Jesus said that the, the the that our righteousness, in order to be acceptable to God, had to exceed that of the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the the Pharisees and the scribes, our righteousness isn't good enough. In Isaiah, the prophet writes, "Our righteousness is as filthy rags." And so, when the Holy Spirit comes and he 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 convicts the world of righteousness, that's one something that that seems troubling, something that's, that's hard to wrap our minds around. How does the Holy Spirit convict of righteousness? Wouldn't that be a good thing to have? But the truth is that all of our righteousness is just as filthy rags, as Isaiah wrote. All of our goodness is just filthy rags. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He does just like Jesus did with the Pharisees, and He shows it isn't good enough. It isn't good enough. It's still tainted by sin. Only Jesus' righteousness is good enough, not ours. And Jesus also says that He convicts the world of concerning judgment. There is a judgment that is coming for all of us. There is a judgment that is coming to the world and every deed will be exposed that we've ever done. And the, just as Jesus warned of a coming judgment, so the Holy Spirit convicts the world of judgment. Jesus then goes on to explain, He says, concerning sin, because they do not believe in Me. When they did not believe in Jesus, they rejected Him, they turned away from Jesus, and that thus making their sin all the worse. Jesus was coming. He was the one who could forgive their sins. He could wash them clean from all of their sins, and they turned away from him. They spat on him. They they rejected him completely. And so just as the holy as Jesus convicts the world of sin, so the holy spirit comes and he convicts us Maybe you've heard about someone coming under conviction. As they read the Bible, or as they hear the preaching from the Bible, someone comes under conviction. They become aware of their sin. They become aware of how they have a need for Jesus. They have a need for forgiveness. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And with the same thing whenever it comes to righteousness. Jesus says concerning Righteousness, because I go to the Father, and, they, and you will see me no longer. Jesus will, he's telling his disciples, he's going away to the Father. He's not going to be there anymore to do that work of convicting the world of righteousness, of their false righteousness, of their, un, uh, of their righteousness that isn't good enough. But the Holy Spirit will come and do that. The Holy Spirit will show us that all of our works are just empty. All of our works could never be good enough. Only Jesus' works could be enough. And then Jesus says, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged... As Jesus is approaching the cross, as He's getting ready to go to the cross, He is about to be vindicated. One of the things that happens with the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is He is vindicated. Satan thought he was going to win, didn't he? He thought he was going to win as Jesus was going to the cross. Then He was in the grave. And yet, Jesus was vindicated when the Father rose Him from the dead and the ruler of this world, Satan himself, was judged. In the resurrection of Jesus, when He rose from the dead, it showed that Satan and all of his minions are judged. They are beaten. They are defeated. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. He convicts us of our righteousness that could never be good enough, that falls short of God's ultimate standard, perfect standard. And He convicts us that there is a coming judgment. A judgment that we will all stand before God one day to account for what we have done. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Let's go back and remember the context here we're talking about. Jesus is going away. He's telling them things that they hadn't heard yet, but there are still things yet that they are not ready for. There are still things that they won't have the capacity to understand until after the cross, after He has risen from the dead. Jesus is warning them, there are still some things that you'll need to learn. But it will come in time when the Holy Spirit comes and teaches you those things. Jesus says... When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but where whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is Mine. Therefore, I said, that He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. Jesus, as we had heard earlier in the Gospel of John, He says the same kind of thing about Himself. He says, what I've heard from the Father, that I declare to you. Now, He's saying, what the Holy Spirit says to you, He's gotten from Me. And then He clarifies that he's, it also comes from the Father, because everything that was Jesus' is also the Father's. This pointing to the fact that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three, the same God. That they own it together. That all these things that they're revealing to us come from the same unified God. But this is another thing that the Holy Spirit will continue to do after Jesus is gone. Jesus had taught His disciples... And when he died on the cross, rose again, and then ascended into heaven, whenever he's not physically present with his disciples any anymore, he tells his disciples, "The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, will come and lead you into all truth." Now there is a danger as we look at this passage. We have to remember Jesus was telling this to his disciples. They were at at, at a moment in the history of salvation in which they had not yet seen the cross and the resurrection. They had not yet seen the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so I I believe that this was mainly meant for them, for His disciples. I don't believe in a continuing revelation of 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 continue. He he revealed what he revealed to the apostles and the prophets. We're not to look for the Holy Spirit to now teach us new things that go in contract or add to what we've already had in God's Word. As the as the new as the new church as the apostles had no longer had Jesus with them, they had the Holy Spirit. Uh, um, Inspiring them to write down what the Holy, what He was teaching them in the Gospels, in Acts, and in the letters, and in Revelation. It can be dangerous. There are there are groups around that want to say, "Well, we have new continuing revelation," and when they uh, do things that. Um, may accept new cultural changes uh, about sexuality, about all these different kinds of things. They might blame that on the Holy Spirit. Well, you have, just have to be open to what the Holy Spirit is leading us now. But that's, that's blasphemy. The Holy Spirit has revealed what He will reveal concerning God's Word to the apostles and the prophets and we stand on this Word, and nothing that the Lord opens our eyes to is going to go against this Word. But at the same time, I don't want to minimize the Holy Spirit's work in our lives today. I think primarily we need to understand that in terms of the, 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 the Holy Spirit opened the eyes of the apostles to be able to write down Scripture, but at the same time, He is still there present with us, teaching us as we go as well. He's not going to reveal some new information that we didn't know before from the Scripture, but He's going to open our eyes to see things in the Scriptures. He's going to illumine our minds so that we see things and we will be able to grow and advance in our knowledge of Jesus. We will be able to grow and advance in our knowledge of His love for us and for of His grace. Nothing that will contradict what He's already revealed but He'll illumine us so that we can grow in our relationship with Him. All that said, Jesus is present with us. He's not here physically present, but He sends the Holy Spirit to be with us And when we hear from His Word, when we hear from God's Word, the Holy Spirit is doing things inside of us that no one can see. He's exposing what we need to repent of to us. He's opening our eyes and He's illuminating us to see the things that we need to turn away from. He's doing the same thing that Jesus did when he was here present with us. And he's leading us and he's teaching us to walk in a deeper and closer relationship with him and a deeper and closer dependency on him. Believers, the Holy Spirit is there. He is our friend. He is our guide. And he comforts us. And He sometimes provokes our conscience. He sometimes can annoy us. And if you haven't yet trusted in Jesus, for anybody who who still has not yet come to that, the Holy Spirit convicts. The Bible tells us that the preaching of man is foolishness to the world. It's foolishness to the world. They they look at the Bible and they think, what in the world can a guy who died 2,000 years ago have to do with my life? They think it's foolishness. What can make someone take this message that sounds outlandish and start to believe it? It's when the Holy Spirit begins to convict the person. Convicting them of their sin. They need to repent. Convicting them that none of their efforts can measure up to what Jesus wants them to be. Convicting them and showing them that Jesus Christ is the answer. That what He did on the cross made a way for them to be forgiven. That they can look to Him in faith. That they can understand that Jesus paid for their sins. That His death and resurrection was their substitute. And look to Jesus. If you find yourself under that conviction, under that conviction of knowing that you're a sinner and that you need relief from that sin that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of, look to Jesus. Look to Him in faith. He is the only answer to that. It's just like what he said earlier in the Gospel of John. Just like whenever he said that just like Moses rose a bronze serpent in the wilderness and everybody who looked at that was saved from having been bitten from the snakes, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. When you feel the weight of conviction of sin, the only relief that is available is to look to Jesus. So, anyone who, who hasn't yet done that, look to Jesus. And if you have, if you are a believer, continue the same thing. We continue The whole Christian life is one of looking to Jesus. Looking to Him. That is where our great comfort is. Mm-hmm. Listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at redeemerbaptistpanama.com, or you can like us on Facebook.